commands us to know the truth. Know the truth. Look at verses 7 through 11. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves. In other words, guard yourself that we do not lose those things which we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And if anyone comes to, to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Whoa, my goodness. Uh, strong words here. Now let me point out something to you. I always tell you, look for repetition, right? And here we see the word doctrine repeated over and over and over three times. Think of doctrines as just simply this. I always get cracked up when I hear a church say, you know, we're not concerned about doctrines. <sighs> I want to roll my eyes. Like, what do you mean you're not concerned about doctrine? Here's why. Doctrines are, are nothing more than your core values. That's what doctrines are. This is your core values. This is, this is your core belief. This is the, at your core, this is what you believe. And if you don't have any core beliefs, core doctrines then you're not going to know which direction you're going. And Scripture says, look, be careful that you're not just blown around by any wind of doctrine. So you have to know what your core values are. You have to know what your core beliefs are. And John is saying one of those should be the doctrine of Christ. In fact, it's so important that he mentions it three times. He's saying, look, this is just one verse. Whoever, verse 9, whoever transgresses, and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ. There it is, first time. Doctrine of Christ, they don't have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ, there it is mentioned a second time, has both the Father and the Son. He says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. Then he says what? You, you, hold, hold off. Don't, put them, don't start letting them teach because these, they're, they're already rejecting the incarnation of Christ. They're already rejecting the fact that he's come into this world. In fact, if you welcome him in and he becomes part of your church, you're just as guilty as he is. So be careful over and over and over. Now, why, why are core beliefs so important? Remember these three words, think, feel, act. Think, feel, act. Why is that important? How you think determines how you feel. And how you feel determines how you act. If you, if you have certain thoughts, you're going to think a certain way, you're going to feel a certain way. When you feel a certain way, you're going to act a certain way. Did you know that the word repent found in Scripture, it comes from the Greek word metanoia, which literally means change your mind? So if you want to repent, God begins with what? How you think. Change your mind. Here's the, here's the problem. A lot of us just change our behaviors for a season. But our default is always going to come back if we never change our mind. We always have to change our mind first. We change our mind, change our thinking, change how we think about something, and it'll change how we feel. And then because we feel differently, we'll act differently. So it's so important to know what our core values are because our core values are then going to be translated into how we feel and how we feel is going to determine our actions. Think, feel, act. It's that important. So if we don't have the proper thoughts about who Jesus is, 
we're going to have difficulty walking in truth. So, I told you this week I had just so much richness out of this passage. Five things that we should know and believe about Jesus. Five things that we should, we should know about the doctrine of Christ. Five things. Number one, the virgin birth of Christ. The virgin birth of Christ. We're approaching that time of year where we celebrate uh, Christmas. We celebrate the advent of Christ, his coming into the world, bringing on, uh, coming in flesh. Why is this important? This doctrine affirms that Jesus was born without a sin nature. It's that important. The gospel is foundational upon this idea that Jesus never sinned. You reject the virgin birth, you're rejecting the fact, the doctrine, that Jesus had no sin nature. Number two, the deity of Jesus Christ. Not only do we need to believe in his virgin birth, we need to believe that he is God in flesh. It's the doctrine of the incarnation of God. Problem is, Gnosticism has already rejected both of those. Number three, this is a mouthful, the vicarious substitutionary atonement of Christ. What in the world do I mean by that? It means that Jesus died in your place, and it was sufficient to cover our sins. That's all it means. It means that his death on the cross and sacrifice was sufficient for our sin, and in so doing, we can have hope in our, in our future because he died on our behalf. And then we have number four. If we're going to believe that his redemption was sufficient, number four, we should believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ, that he rose from the dead. This doctrine affirms that the Jesus himself and all his claims are true as he claimed victory over sin and death. And then number five, the physical return of Jesus Christ. This doctrine affirms the glorious return of Christ at the end of the age. Now think about that. What is, what is John telling us? He's like, listen, from the things that you have heard from the beginning, the doctrine of Christ, affirm these things. If people don't affirm these things, be careful. So what was he referring to? I believe he was referring to the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the, the substitutionary atonement of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, and that one day he is coming again and we should be ready for that. Let's walk in the light. And if anyone comes along and teaches something different than this, he says, guard yourself. Guard yourself. Let's wrap up number four. Key point number four. John longs for the joyful fellowship found in the truth. Verses 12 and 13. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. And we come to the end of the chapter, the end of the book. As John closes, it once again uh, sounds like he's referring to a sister church. And he is saying, um, you know, this another the church that I'm at, we're, we're thinking of you and we greet you and we say hello to you. Does your heart long for the fellowship found in the truth? We've had conversations. I've talked with Mary and Peggy about this importance of gathering together and the importance of this, this fellowship time, how important it is that we gather together as his people. And John says, 
There's no substitute for face-to-face. There's something about it that's important. In fact, when you're not here, you're missed. We know it, we recognize it, we see it, and we pray for you. And we're thankful for you. And when you're not here, you're missed. I want you to consider this. This was a fascinating thought to me. Uh, there was a pastor that was on an old talk show, uh, Larry King, who's an old uh, former talk show host. And he was asked this question. Uh, he asked, if you could interview anyone throughout history, who would it be? He actually had more than one answer, a lot of people that he would like to interview. But Jesus was certainly one that was on his list. Larry King was then questioned as to what he would ask Jesus. What would you ask him? And King replied, I would like to ask him if he indeed was born of a virgin. Because the answer to that question would define history. End quote. It's interesting. Um, Larry King uh, has uh, since passed. He was uh, not a believer. But this one question, I actually agree with him. I mean, think about it. I'd like to ask him if he indeed was born of a virgin because this answer, the answer to that question would define history. Why? Because if Jesus were born of a virgin named Mary, then he truly was God. And if he was God, then his death upon the cross was truly sufficient for redemption. And if his death on the cross was truly sufficient for redemption, then his resurrection was certain. And if his resurrection was certain, then so is his return. Why do we celebrate this time of year? Because God came in the flesh and dwelt among us. And as we celebrate the virgin birth of our Savior, may we remember that he came to die on a cross for you and for me. One last thought and we'll pray together. May the joy that only comes through the truth of Jesus Christ shine upon you and your families this Christmas season. Let's pray.